When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Lavations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the program. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. How you doing? How you doing? Loosey-goosey. Man. I, uh, I I will say, like, let's get this out there right off the bat. I told you it was happening quick, guys. Um, it is Brett Williams' days away from FSU football. If you'd like, I'll give you Pat Tomberlin. Tom doesn't remember Pat Tomberlin, but I do. I was in high school. Tom was in diapers. Uh, but so you got, it's Brett Williams or Pat Tomberlin. I do like the effort to make it Bud Thacker days away from FSU, LSU, but you can't do that. But I'm going to do you one better. So the, the number, by the way, is 72. So that if you if you don't remember Brett Williams, who was a really good player, same with Pat Tomlin. Both were really good players. You're talking about all Americans and all that good stuff. I I think uh, Brett would probably some people go way back and they'd say Ken Lanier. Um, going all the way back to the earth, but that's before my time. So I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that one a little bit more. Um, Brett Williams, 98 to 2002, Tom, you remember him. I do all conference, all American honoree. Um, he was, he was also on the first team, all freshman, uh, and second team, all ACC as a freshman. He was, he, he did a lot of things. He was, he was really, really good. Now I'm going to do you one better here. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. When we reconvene, when we arrive to do the show next week, everybody, we're in the 50s, 50s, as in days until the start of college football, 50s, sir, that should, that should inject a sense of urgency. That should make you feel like, okay, well, like. The plans, I need to have my plans set here, everybody. Yeah, man, nobody needs anxiety on a libations Friday. Oh, no, that is an embrace. That is a warm hug. That is a you're welcome. That is your weekend just got better. When you return next week, we're in the 50s until the start of college football. Oh, man. I just sat around envisioning it. I was sitting there thinking about that. I was thinking about the times that I flipped the channels between one game and and another game, and I find out simultaneous that those two games are tied in the second half, and it's going to come down to the wire. And then when they end, I've got four more that start in the 3.30 hour or the 7 o'clock hour, and two of which I can't wait because they're between ranked teams. I love those days where it's like clickety-clickety. Oh, i got to go somewhere. There are too many games. Too many great games await me on this fair Saturday. Yeah, there's a feeling – 
obviously in this town, when we have the expectations that Florida State's going to have this year, that changes. It's more intense, even on a random Tuesday. We like that. My favorite is Saturday. Say we've got a noon kick against Boston College, like we do. It's that uh, week three? Mm. I want to say it's week three. Yeah. And then it's like you're watching your own laboratory experiment with your own team in Florida State. Then you get done, and you exit the lab, and you go out into society, and, and you, you enjoy watch your life. everybody else doing it. But you get to sit down, commiserate about the day that just was, the big win up at Chestnut Hill that just was, <laughs> and then you see, all right, pressure's on you now, Florida, as you host Tennessee. Pressure's on you, top five team that we want ousted and out of the way as we make a climb yeah, towards get the, hell out of the, the way. playoff. Yes. Last That's year, the, were you worried about that? I'll never forget the regret I felt in 2016 about my attitude towards the 2015 season. Do you remember what I told you in December of 2015 that I'll always regret? When we weren't in the playoff, I said, you know, it's actually kind of nice to have a break this year. We'll get them back next year. No big deal. We're New Year's Six. But I'm kind of okay with the break. That whole 2014 team with the Jameis stuff and, and the lack of consistent effort, that was exhausting. I'm glad we get to catch our breath this December. No, buddy. Hubris. Yeah, Hubris. You can never do that again. How quickly somebody from the lost decade can forget. You never do that again. Never. You want to get to a place where you sicken everybody else. Where people are so tired of seeing the spear, hearing the war chant, watching ESPN, endless hours of highlights of Florida State's dominance. You want people to tire of that. You want people who desperately need a respite from that Tom. You want to walk into a airport bar in Dallas on your way to a road game somewhere and you want the person who sees your FSU shirt or cap or whatever it is as they sit down to have a beer next to you and that look of disdain of disgust. Oh great I got a knoll next to me. That's what you want. You want that conversation. You want, you want, you know, well, so you guys, you're going to play for the national title again this year? Probably. Probably. They are loaded. They are, sir. They, there's a good chance they do play for the national title again this year. Also, the assuredness in the voice when you order anything. Oh, yes. Yes. At that point. Mm. It's a wondrous thing. Oh, we'll make it a tall. Yeah. It, <laughs> Shorter tall? Tall. It's tall. It's tall. Very tall. I'm not worried about much these days. It's just got to get to the game and have fun with my friends as we stomp that ass. I do have a meeting at one of my favorite bars in Boston, but we got to get this show on the road. This delay is killing me. <laughs> That's the conversation because that happened a lot throughout the 90s. And then, of course, the little window where it happened, like you're alluding to, in 2013 and 2014. But, yeah, you want to get to that place. You want them to be aggravated around the country. My father lives in Georgia, and he is aggravated on the regular as he goes into the grocery store or wherever it is, and the Georgia fans incessant at this point. It's back-to-back -back titles. I told him, well, Dad, it's what we all would do. I mean, there's great pride that swells with each championship, and they've won two consecutively. It's rare. And nobody's ever done it back-to-back-to-back -back -back years, so God forbid they're not going to. But damn it, man. They could. They could.
I think it's unlikely. They could. Hey, quick right turn for a second. I don't. Did you watch? Tell me you watched that baseball game last night. Not a pitch. Oh, my God. Damn it, Tom. It was unreal. One of the five best college baseball games I have ever seen. Really? By far. By far. Incredible. Did it take Incredible. two hours and ten minutes? Incredible. It was. It didn't take long. It was 0-0 into yeah. the 11th. Yeah. It was unreal. Between the, the Paul uh, Skeens kid, who you should see pitch. Just like, go pull up the highlights because you don't have to watch LSU, but go watch him pitch. He is evil. 102 at your knees, on the corner, on the regular. I would imagine he's available for the best of three. So, yeah. We'll see. He just threw a gazillion pitches. Game two. I'm like, of course Florida gets this. This guy's coming off this performance. But he's the national pitcher of the year, and he dominated through eight innings. He gave up no runs, gave up two hits. He had one walk, and he had nine Ks, and he was dominant. And that kid for Wake Forest, the Rhett Louder kid, is the AT, you know, two-time ACC pitcher of the year. He's an All-American. Seven innings of shutout ball against that LSU lineup. Gave up three hits in 88 pitches. He threw 73 strikes. <laughs> um, I was thinking back, Tom. I remember it's a different kind of game. But in 1999, um, Florida State and Stanford. Stanford, we were up five on Stanford. And they came back and sent the game to extra innings. And I was about to puke because that's just what we do out there. But we won in, in on a three-run homer in the 13th, and it was the most exhilarating. It was an incredible game. It's it's up there on my partial. I'm partial. I'm a, I'm a knoll, so sure, I, I yeah. mean, I'm, I was watching. But it is all-time good. Now, I, I did not see, apparently, there have been a few. Like, there was a game in 1974 um, that was incredible that was 0-0 late and all that kind of stuff. And they had a list of games after that one ended. One was with Dave Winfield back in the day. Oh, and, my. Yeah, all these great games. There was one Yale was involved in in the early 70s. That was incredible. But this game warranted mention alongside that because here's the thing about it. It wasn't, it wasn't bad offense. It was dominant pitching and incredible defense. There must have been six defensive plays that were Major League Baseball top-tier level plays um, that, you know, you jumped off the couch. I mean, like, I don't care about either of those teams, but I was just blown away. Uh, the the Trey Morgan uh, play, the first baseman for LSU, the charge on a it's a it's a bunt, it's a squeeze, it's going to score the run, it's going to be one to nothing Wake in the eighth, they're going to win the game, and this kid if he doesn't make the play they they're going to lose, and he makes a play as good as any play that you'll see in the majors. It's like he doesn't have a misstep to spare. He's got to get to the ball when he gets to the ball, and in one motion he's got to. He's got a pitch to the to, to home plate. That kid has to catch in motion and get his hand around to get the tag on a kid who's diving in the air out. It's incredible. Again, I get it if a lot of people were like, well, we suck this year. I've been tuned out of college baseball forever because of it. I don't care about Wake. I don't care about LSU. I don't really care to watch it because, you know, I haven't been involved in college baseball. A lot of Knowles fans are in that mindset. I, I get it. I still like college baseball. I still tune into the better games and the better teams. I tuned in last night because I want it was a winner take all, but I also wanted to see the two pitchers who are dominant. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. It wasn't really anything else on. I was flipping around between my Pirates and Marlins. We blew a four to one lead because that's who we are. But I was watching that, and I just happened to fall into an incredible game. It was 
a remarkable college baseball game. It was the kind of thing that would 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 do well for college baseball for people to have seen that game. It was elite. Well, if our logo was on the hat, it would get better ratings than Wake's <laughs> logo on the hat, and more people would have seen it. Now, yeah. LSU brings enough cachet well, by themselves. By themselves, for sure. But certainly, if it was us and LSU, yeah, I think a lot more people would have tuned in. Hopefully, we can get back to that place where we talk about what a classic College World Series game involving Florida State. It's going to be a minute. Yeah, it's going to be a minute. I hope so. Uh, by the way, know that it was the other way around. It was LSU walking off Miami with two outs and two strikes in the ninth. And it was one of the greatest moments I've ever witnessed in a college baseball game because it was for the championship. And so Miami's heart had to be broken. Uh, and it was, it was shattered. And it was the unlikeliest of candidates to hit a home run. It was his only one of the year. <laughs> like a David Eckstein type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's where we're at. That, that, anyhow, it... it um, I I it thoroughly enjoyed last night's game, and it was a kind of a little surprise out of nowhere on a Thursday night just sitting around watching that. I was like, eh, okay, this turned out to be good. That series, unfortunately, does involve Florida. Figures to be great. It, it really does. I mean, uh, I think I think the games will be good if you can, you know, somehow work around that little bit of throw-up you have in your mouth as you start to watch the game. It's going to be one of those things you check around the fifth or sixth inning. How are we doing? And by we, I mean LSU. How are we doing? We looking okay? And if they've got a lead late, that's when you pop it on. I'll probably watch. Uh, I'll probably watch. Uh, I'll hate watch. Uh, I'll also, the oddly, the LSU team is kind of the opposite of that Tennessee team. They're kind of likable bunch. they got really good players. <laughs> I mean, really good players. And, uh, and they're not a-holic. You know, they're not, they're not doing that thing. So there's the uh, I know you've been out there a bunch, but there's the one bar out there that has the Jello shot count for mm -hmm. every fan base, and they keep a tab for the entirety of the College World Series of who has the most spirit. It's a great way to push some Jello shots. Yeah, it's a great way to push. Yeah. Apparently, this is what my wife told me because she was keeping tabs. She was blown away by the number, twenty some thousand, twenty plus thousand Jello shots for LSU fans out there. I believe it. They routinely rule the roost in uh, Omaha. Uh, they, they they are, LSU fans are awesome, as we found out when we went. Yeah, they're hospitable, smart. They got it all. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Um, and they, you know, they love college baseball. I mean, I, I think that's the whole thing. Like, you have to love college baseball, and they do, and they embrace the traditions of other college baseball programs. Um, so the, 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 that guy who owns that bar, by the way, uh, I think it's called Rocco's maybe. Yeah. Rocco's pizza and cantina. Yeah. Ooh. Well, what a great combination. It, yeah. Um, he, th there's a good story about this. Uh, as the end of the college baseball season neared Kevin cool jot had urgent preparations to make. He built a 16 foot bar atop a bar top in his Omaha restaurant. He planned to fly it in a team of eight from Nashville who would help him install and operate the machinery. Countless fans would descend to Rocco's Pizza and Cantina to cheer on their teams during this month's College World Series. And ready for them every morning with the one thing they'd order, thousands and thousands of jello shots. And, uh, yes, it has happened. The numbers are, uh, are, are impressive, and the guy was smart 
because he created a social media presence where it became a competition. Yeah, yeah. What started as people buying two, three, four shots of uh, Jello shots morphed into people buying 50. We've had a guy order 500. Last night, we had somebody order 1,000. Oh, my God. How many... How expensive would a thousand Jello shots be? I mean, shots are expensive. Are they two bucks a piece, a dollar a piece? I don't know. Well, the profit margin on the Jello shot is massive. We we do know that much. So Rocco is going to retire, and it's going to be somebody else's cantina and pizzeria pretty soon. Twenty one thousand four hundred thirty five Jello shots to break the Rocco's record previously held by the University of Mississippi. Mississippi. Caught lightning in a bottle, said the owner. Now we're trying to do good things with it. Yes, like pack your bank account. Holy, what a what a, a deal, man. The guy, so the reason he did it, not just because it's a good idea, but he's a lifelong college baseball fan. He loves it. The right it, town he picked it. Yeah. So you so can see. Moved, yeah, he loves it. He had it. the passion. Yeah, he had the passion. And I think that's what always resonates most, right? It's not just that, you know, you're providing jello shots, obviously. It's like, this guy loves baseball. He's like, come one and all if you love baseball just like I do. And get you a shot while you're here, everybody. Let's celebrate it. Apparently 55 cents per shot. This uh, M. Roar guy in the chat has been very involved in in the responses to this story. So I'm going to trust him or her. All right. Uh, Broke a record. Anyhow, good times. uh, Oh, $5. Excuse me. I can't read. Five dollars, yeah. Somebody spent five k. Five dollars a Jello shot. That better be pure alcohol, dude. It pretty much is. It pretty much is. I mean, you've had Jello shots. I've had them before. I think that <laughs> yeah. you can you can do whatever you want, just like anything. You can have a heavy hand or a light hand. It's delicious Most either way. People who make Jello shots make them heavy handed. You've never had a Jello shot. You're like, I, I there's no alcohol in this. Thing. Yes, tailgaters, absolutely. But a bar. Yeah, right, you, right, 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 right. The profit margin on that is absurd. The NBA draft last night revealed why college basketball is useless to people. They're not watching it because they don't know anybody that's playing. They don't know anybody that's playing. I'll explain in a second. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Gabbard Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just huh? make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply rolling on libations friday edition of the program good times smack dab summer Time to actually let yourself be bored. I told the kids before shipping them off to Camp Opa. That's right. Camp Opa begins this week. Me and the missus are happy. I said, uh, is it two-week Camp Opa? No, it's, it's a one-week Camp Opa. Two weeks is too long. I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't like to not see my kids. for. It's hard enough, actually, not seeing them for a week. I can First two days are your best days, Tom. You don't miss them at all. Those first two days, you're like, all right, good. Have a good one. Get the hell up out of here. Wife comes home last night. I'm just walking around naked. Look, okay. All right. So yeah, it's like it's five in the morning in the backyard. <laughs> Who cares? But anyhow, the kids were saying, you know, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring this. And I go, God forbid you get bored. And Bryce caught the sarcasm. But Clark was like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be bored. I said, it's okay to be bored. It's actually good for you. Get into your thoughts. Vet some things for a little while. Every now and then, we all need to be bored. It's when you need some slow-paced jazz in the background. Fosters the thought. Think about some things. I don't know. What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> Long drives are excellent for that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, but they don't. I, I don't think kids get that it's okay to just sit there with yourself. Like just to just to be, just to be. You ready to get on the road a month from now to Charlotte? Been a minute. I am. I'm fine. Remember all those years ago when you and I would drive to Charlotte together, and I had all those back issues for a long time. Then, yeah. Luckily, uh, Bill Fredericks helped me fix all that. And I haven't had back issues since. Got to keep a strong core, Tom. Indeed. Got to lock it in. Got to lock it in. That was Pinehurst. Was one of those drives that for was. the late Mike Hogwood. Yep, dead as a doornail is Mike. Shabbily dressed he was for most of his life, but he was uh, a nice enough guy, whatever. Corey bumped him and was furious with him that day along courtside. It was the best. The ACC tournament had yeah. to be, right? Hip thrusted him. Just the hell out of the way. Humping the back of his neck. That should be on the CV, on the resume. Oh, man. Hip thrusted Mike Hogwood at an ACC tournament. Well, you and I got out of the car at the ACC kickoff, and Hogwood was disheveled. And late, whatever yeah. he was late to, we weren't late. He was clearly late to something. And yeah, he we were. got out of the car all disheveled running. He needed to be somewhere in a hurry. <laughs> it was the briefcase with the stuff hanging out of it moment. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. This is the stuff from a movie. This is exactly how I picture Hogwood. And he got out of the car, shirt half tucked, belt was too big, it was hanging down, papers hanging out of his briefcase. I was like, Jesus, Hogwood, you've been doing this for how long? Get it together. You must live down the road. Yes. You work for Raycom. 
I was laughing. It, it was all time good. I cracked up laughing. He, uh, but yeah, but no, yeah, it wasn't long after that that he died, I guess. But uh, so yeah, I used to, we used to get up there and and I had the back problem. The check in process was always fun. It was like, oh hey, there's so and so, there's so and so, whatever. Yep, yep. You'll be back there. It's uh, the check in process at the W site of excellent interviews with Steve Adazio over the years, among others. You know. It was so much better back in the day, and this is not an old man lamenting the way things used to be and how they could be once again. No, no, we're never going back to those times. Times of decadence, I tell you, when we would get into the hotel room and you had a bath robe with ACC written on it, followed by a brand new leather computer bag. It was like, this is heaven. This thing's going to be like 700 bucks. It was awesome. I have so many gifts for the media from bowl games and ACC kickoffs and stuff, they don't do it anymore. Now it's like, welcome in. Glad you're here. Here's a lollipop. Yeah, pretty much. You get nothing, and but you'll like it. If it's a good bowl, you'll get the open bar at night, which is usually what you want to hit for the happy hour and then get away from yeah. the media brethren. But you hit it for the happy hour. Hit it hard. That's good. I can well, tell you're you. walking everywhere, so it doesn't matter, right? You'll, you'll really enjoy who is with us on Wednesday at the ACC kickoff because that's Florida State's day. Is Wednesday this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech is with Florida State. You this get year? to see your favorite sports info guy. Can't wait to see that we, guy. You've got to get a photo this year. People need to see him on the social media. All right, all right. This we'll, is what social media was for. We will do this, guys. We have referenced this gentleman. I don't even know the de- man's damn name. I feel terrible about that. I should at this point. He's a legend, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know that we think he's a legend. But he is a character on a really well written and hilarious, uh, you know, sitcom. It's it's he's perfect, and that is despite lots of losing when we first were acquainted with him through present day, lots of losing, and they're still doing lots of losing. Virginia Tech ain't winning a damn thing. They have been butt sorry cheeks up there in Blacksburg. Cheeks, that program has fallen off a cliff. They were always improbable. It never made a lot of sense for them to be good. But they were, and now they're back to being not any good at all, like an afterthought. Nobody talks about Virginia Tech anymore. Never. But I think, this is the odd part, I think it's a fairly well-run athletics department Yeah, from this perspective. Yeah. Whit Babcock said a lot of things that we wish the athletic director here said, just you know, in terms of transparency and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. calling out the elephant in the room yeah. when they were at Amelia Island. So I like him. I do like him, and I always like saying his name. And he's empowered or maybe he arrived and this guy was already waiting for him, but he's got a good football sports info director. Those are two big pieces to the puzzle. The guy's got Pat Riley hair, slick straight back, but he looks like Pat Riley in his prime. I mean, the guy keeps himself in great condition because, of course, he does. And he has the ability to turn on and turn off the professional outer demeanor the whole it's unreal like he comes down the hall he's about that business he gets around that corner into the wide open room with the assembled media and radio row and there is a smile from one ear to the other there is a waiting hand as he approaches your desk where the equipment is set up before he ever tells you that you'll be speaking with even though you know who you're talking to I know who I'm about to speak to. I've asked for the interview. But just in case, he wants you to know. And it's great. 
How are you, Jeff? It is so good to see you again. Glad you could make it back this you year. You got our guy, 2.30. Yep, uh, 2.30. I'll see you at 2.30, Jeff. Good to, good to see you. Good to see you. Tom, Tom. And then you're all like, oh. He knows my he, name. He knows every. He's got it written down. It's like color-coded. He's got it all ready. Guys, guys, we're running just a few minutes late. I want you to know I'll have Jerry over and just as as soon as I can get him away, but you know what? He's involved. He's just so talkative. He's going to be great for you. He'll be great for you. Five minutes. Five minutes. Good to see you. Yeah. Big with the hand motions. Yeah, oh, big hand motions. The whole deal. And the important when he's making a point, he does the twist and point, which is the loop and go. Oh, the loop and go. <laughs> the loop and go. Yeah. Five minutes, Jeff. So about five minutes, he'll be right there. <laughs> he does have McConaughey to him. He's a got, lot of it. He's got a ton of McConaughey. To Eastbound him. and down. Oh, that baseball scout. Chase my dream. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> I knew you'd get worried if I finished up what he said. <laughs> One of the greatest written. It is. Exchange. And they're, they're, that exchange, they're both genius in that. It is, well, you know, that's. You do what you got. Yeah, I did. The low handshake, too. It, oh, yeah. Awkward as hell when it reaches way down. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt that buying a home can feel overwhelming, especially if it's your first home. You're worried about location, school zones, square footage, inspections, insurance, loan approvals, interest rates, and the price. Buying a home could be the most significant investment you've ever made. Here's the good news. You have friends at Legendary Home Loans. They're on your side, in your corner, going to go back for you. Shannon Young, my man. Shannon is a diehard knoll. Those guys, big-time Florida State, always ready to talk Florida State, even when you call about a home loan. First-time buyers, by the way, get up to uh, $25,000 off for your down payment. First responders, veterans, teachers, military, and healthcare workers. Shannon is an expert at navigating the home loan terrain. You can trust him. He's going to get you the most competitive interest rates, guide you through the process every step of the way. Shannon will also get your closing costs reduced. It's the Hometown Heroes program at Legendary Home Loans. Give them a call today, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Go to FSUHomeLoans.com and ask for Shannon Young. Hey, guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. It's Jeff Kemper, Show 93.3. Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. This is kind of uh, pretty cool to uh, to kind of monitor. I, I don't know if you do this. Uh, I think we all do if you watch baseball at all. I'm going to get to the NBA thing that I referenced a moment ago. A kid at Miami, or I should say, yeah, 
Yeah, Miami. That's right. Went from Florida to Miami. Is, uh, I mean, you know, it's late June. My man's still hitting over 400. Well, he said 397, I think it is. I think he dipped to 397 after last night. I got to check that. Is it he's got more doubles than strikeouts this year? It's crazy. It's some absurd number. It's, like it's fun to watch. Ted Williams hit 400 in 1941. The highest batting average since Ted Williams hit 400 in 1941 at this point of the season. Here are the 10. Larry Walker in 1997 was hitting 411 uh, in late June, June 23rd. I remember that. The great Rod Carew, who I used to, I'd watch, uh, I'd read the box score, and then I'd, and then I'd watch um, This Week in Baseball, just so I could get a glimpse of Rod Carew. Rod Carew was hitting 408 at this date in 1977. Your boy John Olrude. Mr. First Base Helmet wearer. 1993. Toronto. Great year. Florida State won the national championship. He was hitting 405. Stan Musial in 1948, just seven years removed from Ted Williams, was hitting 403 at this point. Tony Fernandez in 1999 was hitting 402. Tony Gwynn in 97 was hitting 398. I remember that because it was uh, the same year that Larry Walker was hitting so well, and everybody was like, well, damn, man, we got two guys going for 400. The kid, Luis Serra's, uh 2023, right now, is number seven on this list for highest batting average since 1941 and June 23rd. Tommy Holmes, who I don't know, in 1945 was hitting 394. Wade Boggs, he of the I'll drink 60 beers on a cross-country flight. Boggs family was hitting 391 in 1987. And Todd Helton in 2000 was hitting 390. That is, uh, and I yeah, I can remember all of these other guys except for, I mean, obviously I wasn't around when Stan Musial was playing, but I can remember Larry Walker, Rod Crude, John Olrude. Tony Fernandez, Tony Gwynn, don't remember Tommy Holmes, wasn't alive, Wade Boggs, Todd Helton, I remember all those guys. So it sounds like what you're saying, if I got those years right, the last time somebody was hitting this well, this late into the season, was 2000? Is there anything more recent than 2000? Nothing more recent than 2000. It's been 23 years since somebody was hitting this well at this point in the season. That's really, really cool. When you bring up something that Ted Williams does, it reminds me, that we are approaching at pretty quick speeds here, the 100th anniversary of the beginning of World War II, the middle of World War II, and the end of it. And that is, for yeah, me, something yeah. that is supremely jarring. Sometimes people will say that, did you know that you know 2008 is closer to where we are now than yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, relative yeah, yeah. to right. certain periods of yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you feel really and, old at yeah, that point. Yeah, 30 years ago was 1993. Like that, what, that, is, that is jarring. It's alarming. In 1993 when you were seven years old, the 60s were as far away as the 90s are now. (laughs) That's crazy. But everybody's fixation, our our generation, the older side of it, but certainly our dads and our grandparents, World War II was everything. If they had 15 minutes to spare on a Saturday, they're reading a World War II book. They're watching the History Channel when it all showed was World War II stuff back in the day. When they showed history. Correct. Instead of a dude with crazy spiky hair talking about aliens building pyramids. Much like MTV spinning off into this other thing. Yeah. But we're getting there, man. We're not that far away. 
from the beginning of World War II being a hundred years ago. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, we do know because the you know the, the, there's these these moments, these bouts of where they honor somebody. Yeah, they, they've gone away. They doesn't. They're all dead. You're like, okay, okay. Yeah. In my lifetime, watched all of that happen from like big productions, which, and I mean that in a good way. To okay, well, there's nobody, nobody left to honor. Um, that's yeah, that's not surprising. So I mentioned this about last night's NBA draft really quickly. I want to I want to get to some other things here that kind of crazy. This was the first NBA draft which only featured a single college player, Alabama's Brandon Miller, with the second pick to Charlotte in the top five. Since 2001. Um, that particular draft was before the one-and-done rule was instituted. The first 13 players selected last night were either college freshmen, eight of them, kids who skipped college altogether and joined American pro teams, there were three of them, or foreign-born players, there were two of those. So in the 13 picks, there were a lot of people nobody knew. Like and, and they're not allowed to develop and stay. Well, they are allowed. I'll, I'll give you the second part of that equation in a second. They don't stick around. And because of that, college basketball doesn't have an identity. And apparently the players that do stick around and play for long periods of time and even win many awards, they don't get drafted. If you're not good enough to be one and done or to join a G League or something like that, and you stick around, and you become an All-American or something like that, apparently you're not very good, not by way of comparison to the NBA. I mean, uh, it didn't break my heart, but I got to tell you, Tom, Drew, Timmy didn't get drafted. Oh, really? <laughs> Nobody thought drafting a 35-year-old was a good idea? First-team All-American, undrafted. Jalen Wilson, Kansas, first-team All-American, didn't get drafted until the 51st pick by Brooklyn. Um, most of them went in the second round or went undrafted. The Shebway kid, the Shebway kid from Kentucky, second team All American, was a dominant player, undrafted. I mentioned the aforementioned Drew Timmy, I should say, Marcus Sasser, Houston senior, first team All American. He did go. He did go. He went 25th. Exactly a lottery pick. I mean, it's interesting. There were 58 players selected over two rounds of the draft. And 12 of those picks did not play college basketball. Eight were foreign-born, two from the G League, two from the Overtime Elite, which is a private development league there in Atlanta. Another 20 were freshmen, so we're never going to get to see them help enrich the college game because they were there for one year and they walked the hell out. Don't blame them. But the first college upperclassman selected was Jaime Jaquez, the senior forward from UCLA, and he went 18th to Miami. The ACC didn't get a lot of love. If we're looking at number of players, and it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Isaiah Wong was the ACC player of the year out of Miami. He went 55th to Indiana. The Appleby kid from Wake Forest was an all-ACC first-teamer. Jamarius Burton from Pitt, an all-ACC second-teamer. Sophomore, Dequavion Smith from NC State, none of them got drafted. 
Yeah, so can we stop talking about the ACC as the premier basketball It's conference? not anymore. Yeah, and what killed him was football money. I think that's amazing. I think it's more amazing when we get on the other side of this equation. Yeah. But I think that's that's fantastic, that it's football money that is allowed for the SEC and the Big Ten, and then you've got your group of five specialists, if you want to call them group of five, that are going to produce one-and-done type players. But the ACC hasn't been the preeminent basketball conference since. Number of years, yeah. What, five years ago? Six years ago? Six years. Yeah, it's getting further and further removed. I just think that all of it reflects poorly on college basketball. Not for, for, for us as fans, the ability to relate and connect and identify and de- watch develop players. And all, it, you can feel it fading. It's fading. It's like the picture. You can. You can the w- photograph yeah, Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. The brother. With the Mickey Mouse shirt. Yeah, you can. You can feel Going it. Bye-bye. You can feel it fading. It is. It's weird. And and I said it a couple years ago to you. I was like, man, this ain't good. I try to watch on the weekends because, you know, it's my job and I'd like to watch some college basketball and I grew up loving it. They can't shoot. I gave you the percentage on that. It's not good, man. You have to work with the NBA on a solution, which is, look, if you go to college, you have to go minimum two years. Or if you're – Baseball rule. You want to adopt the baseball rule? You're there. You, you, you can go one, but if you stay, if you, you got to go three. Yeah, you got to go three. You can transfer all around the lot. That's what's legal these days, which is also annoying. But, yeah, there has to be some sort of anchor to if you don't immediately go pro or G League or one and done, that you got to stick around a little bit longer. Yeah, the the identifiable teams like UNLV and Duke and Michigan and Georgetown and St. John's, all these years, these big years where we think back to whether it's the Big East or the ACC or the whoever, whatever team it was, like, you know, uh, obviously the Fab Five, we think about those teams. Well, they were, they, most of the time, you know, you had, a, you had a time to develop an opinion of them. You had time to watch them improve their game or get worse, whatever it would be. You had time to kind of, you know, make an assessment of who they were and how they played, whether you liked their style or not, or whatever it was, you don't get any of that anymore. And so I don't think it's really identifiable. And also the kids that are sticking around are not the best of the best. They're, they're, they're gone. So the games quality of the games are not as good. We're seeing that. And it's, you know, I, I don't know. Um, Life Spectacular brings up a good point, though. The problem is that the NBA only has a single minor league level, unlike baseball and hockey. Yeah, that's correct. But a lot of guys will try their hand internationally if they want. I mean, if you want to go that route, then go. But if you want to be a part of college, you've got to be a part of it for several years because identity is the way out. You can't yeah. lean on coaches anymore. Many of the pillars of the game in that regard are gone. As much as I hate Mick Cronin, he's one of the guys that's at the top of the list of personality as a coach, or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. You need villains, too. It's just that sport went from superstar players that were going to dominate in the pros, and you know that you're watching them when they're wearing yes. a college jersey. I watched to, Jim Duncan come in here when he was at Wake. Yeah. And we all knew, like, okay. Right. Then it transitioned to, well, the coaches are going to dominate as the figureheads of the sport. Most of those guys have either passed away or retired, and that's unfortunate. But now, what are you left with? You're left with summer league basketball. I mean, you know, versus what the NBA product is. That that's what it looks like. Disjointed mess. There are years where you're going to have more skilled players. It's just that it's hard to build an identity. And basketball gets hurt worse in this regard by the transfer portal than mm-hmm. football does. Yeah, it does, big time, big time. 
And it's the only thing that may save Leonard this upcoming year if those kids sure. can come in and play. All right, kids are in town. It's a big weekend. Maybe it will help satiate the appetite that uh, the four state faithful have not only put on display, but obviously been vocal about. And that is, uh, want some yeses after this weekend. We'll see if we get them. Um, we had recruits beginning to arrive as early as last night. Um, they've all been here now at the Moore Athletic Center, uh, beginning their official visits today. Uh, there's a there's a ton of them. It's a big weekend. Uh, you can go to warchant.com. Iris got a story up. Michael will have coverage all weekend long, obviously. Updates on the premium recruiting board. That's where it goes first. Then it goes to the articles on the front page. But if you're a member, remember that there are multiple message board forums. And the PRB, the premium recruiting board, is the one that you want to be on for live updates as kids arrive, little nuggets about what they're going through. And then sometimes kids leave earlier than expected, later than expected. So to keep up with the schedules, just make that your homepage for the weekend. Four-star defensive end uh, from D.C., D.D. Holmes, six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds, is is here, and uh, we'll see. Um, it's us in South Carolina. Michael Langston wrote a good piece on what the Knowles need to do to land Holmes. Uh, and it would be advisable. He, well, yeah, it's a position of need. Georgia tight end, Kalen Fox, four-star kid, close friends with Landon Thomas, who we got. Pair those two together. This is an offense that doesn't only throw one on the field at one time. Yep. Um, So we'll see. He's, um, you know, obviously Landon Thomas is trying to help recruit him for you as well. So that's a big deal. Yep. Along with Croman Hawk. Uh, You got a running back target. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. We've got so many running backs, and we've got guys that I already like. So the Danzy kid, okay. But. I'm okay with it because it's a different style than right. Cam Davis. Yeah, and you also, I think, really running like back, Cam Davis. you've got a plan for transfer portal attrition every you do. year. You do. I think that's one that you can just assume every year somebody's going to be pissed Without off. Without question, they're going to want the rock somewhere else. And I'm not saying about this specific room. I just think as a rule, as a general rule. Running backs want the ball. If they're not getting it enough, they'll go somewhere else where they'll be a feature player. Four-star wide receiver, James Madison, St. Thomas Aquinas. He is in town as well. Um, highly coveted like most of these guys are. And, um, you know, obviously everybody's excited to see. The O-lineman Daniels is coming in, right? Yeah, and Croman Hawk is here as well, by the way, the quarterback. As have, he should be. As he should be, and he's... Uh, that's a, that's going to be a really good get. That is a good get. They already have him, but I mean, he, he yeah. His star continues to be on the rise. You know, he could climb up. We'll see in the industry rankings. You got to get everybody to say yes. But with his performance at Elite Eleven, high four star for sure. Could he make it into the five? That extra star matters for other kids when you're getting texts from you and saying you should come to Tallahassee. Yeah, and you know, listen here. This, that's that's fine. These guys are coming in town, and everybody is kind of antsy. Uh, you got to get the best players in the country on campus. You got to get them to visit so that you can continue to foster relationships. I get it. We want to hear them say the words, I'm going to Florida State. But it's important you get these kids on campus, and they're doing that. Now we got to get those yeses here real soon. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV.